Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's Saturday the 10th of February. I'm Kira Evans, and this was a week that saw murdered teenager Brianna Jai back in the headlines. King Charles diagnosed with cancer, no ceasefire for Gaza, and Travis Kelsey on Taylor's new album. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet, and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news, but not the news. family of murdered teenager Brianna Jai were in the spotlight again this week as reaction continued in the aftermath of the sentencing of two 16-year-olds to life in prison for her murder. 16-year-old Brianna was fatally stabbed by her two teenage friends, Scarlett Jenkinson and Eddie Ratcliffe, at a park in Cheshire last year. It's thought the pair had both made concerning Google searches prior to the killing and after the verdict, Brianna's mom Esther called on the government to mandate tighter safety features on smartphones used by under-16s. We'd like a law introduced so that there are mobile phones that are suitable for under-16s, mm-hmm. which will not have all of the social media apps. I, f- I feel like it- it's such a simple solution and I don't understand why we haven't actually done something like this already. But Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said the government has already taken steps to improve online safety. It, it is quite radical 16s. to ban phones, smartphones from, from under-16s. That just shows just how much we know, we know and understand that this is really worrying to parents. But I think the... The steps that we've taken, they have yet to be seen by parents. There was a new twist in the story on Wednesday as PM Rishi Sunak found himself in hot water over a remark that appeared to be a joke during Prime Minister's question time. The mother of murder transgender teen Brianna Guy was in the House of Commons on Wednesday. She'd come to attend a debate on mindfulness in schools organised by her local MP. Rishi was busy attacking Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer over policy U-turns when he threw in a line about transgender people. It's a bit rich, Mr Speaker to hear about promises from someone who's broken every single promise he was elected on. Second referendums, defining a woman. The list goes on, but the theme is the same, Mr Speaker. It's empty words and absolutely no plan. Brianna's father has called on the PM to apologise, describing his remarks as absolutely dehumanising. But Number 10 has so far refused to do so, saying it was legitimate to question the Labour leader's position. Starmer sounded genuinely shocked by the jibe and he later met with Esther Jai. Of all the weeks to say that, when Brianna's mother is in this chamber, shame parading as a man of integrity when he's got absolutely no responsibility. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak continued to refuse to make an apology to the parents of murdered trans teen Brianna Jai on Thursday, despite Leader of the House of Commons Penny Mordaunt weighing in with an appeal for him to reconsider. The Prime Minister is a good and caring man. I'm sure that he has reflected on things, but I'm sure he is also reflecting about people who are trans or who have trans loved ones and family, some of whom sit on these green benches. 
There was grim news on Monday evening as Buckingham Palace announced that King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. It was detected during his recent treatment for an enlarged prostate, but it's understood that it's not prostate cancer. The King is 75 years old and according to the Palace is wholly positive about his treatment, which began on Monday. He's going to step down from public duties while the treatment is ongoing, but will continue with his constitutional duties as head of state while Prince Harry is intending to return to the UK for a visit. Sky News' Alistair Bruce says that the decision to go public might have a positive effect. Bringing it to light is perhaps some of the work that the King hadn't necessarily planned to do with his reign. And yet I think the impact of this announcement and the fact that it's being shared so clearly with so many people is part of what he may be able to do uh, to support the nation and all the people who are suffering from this disease. After Monday's shock announced when there was a flurry of activity on Tuesday, the King and Queen were seen heading to Buckingham Palace before departing by helicopter for Sandringham. Prince Harry also dashed across the Atlantic and was spotted at Clarence House as he went to check in on his dad. There was a huge international outpouring of good wishes for King Charles and news of his diagnosis has already generated heightened awareness around cancer and the need to get checked regularly. Meanwhile, as His Majesty steps back from public duties, he's expected to continue with his more important constitutional role. Author Robert Hardiman says the lessons of the pandemic will come in handy in terms of managing the process. Certainly um, there's no sort of sense of sort of constitutional worries or or, or legislation or anything like that. I mean the the machinery is there but right now it's not needed. But uh, the day-to-day running of of the monarchy will, will not really change. This is also the week we heard about PopCon. No, it's not a scam involving ex-pop stars or an event aimed at eager tweens, but the exciting new face of right-wing politics in the UK. PopCon stands for popular conservatism and it launched on Tuesday with Liz Truss and Jacob Rees-Mogg as the faces of what they called a new anti-establishment populism. Given Liz Truss's brief tenure as PM and the poor polling for the Tory government, it is not likely that the new movement will be getting the keys of Downing Street anytime soon soon. Liz says the organisation is for those who are embarrassed about being conservative. Now Britain is full of secret conservatives. People who agree with us but don't want to admit it. And people who are prepared to put their heads above the parapet and come out and stand as conservative candidates are vitally important. But it wouldn't be a Tory event without a row and between William Hague criticising the popcorns and the Times to a row about who actually created the movement. In that sense, it was business as usual. Despite Liz and Jacob fronting the movement along with Nigel Farage turning up to the event, Popcon director Mark Littlewood said it's his idea and he's in charge. Very happy to have a former Prime Minister on my panel. She's not the leader of it, I'm the director of it. I think that the lessons we can draw from her very short time in office are important lessons for Conservatives who want to change Britain. And in more traditional Tory political style, PM Rishi Sunak seems to have developed a knack for creating his very own crisis on a weekly basis. His latest misstep happened during a Downing Street chat with Piers Morgan when he found himself agreeing to a £1,000 bet over the Rwanda scheme. Not surprisingly, people took offence to the PM betting money on a serious legal issue and a cost of living crisis, but things didn't go any better when he tried to explain his decision on Radio 4 on Tuesday. So if I'm being totally honest, I'm not a betting person and I was taken totally by surprise in the middle of that interview and the point I was trying to get across was actually about the Rwanda policy because it's something I care deeply about and I just was underlying 
my absolute commitment to this policy. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer was busy chatting to media on Tuesday too, but he sounded much more focused about his campaign to respond when Tories attack. They inevitably will go to culture wars and, and go low. I don't want to have the argument there, but what I will say is I'll fight fire with fire. This election is too important for me to back off. So I'm very happy to have our positive argument, but I will absolutely be fighting fire with fire. <laughs> But by Thursday, Labour weren't feeling so upbeat when they had to finally announce they would in fact step down their £28 billion Green Plan after relentless Tory attacks. The Green Prosperity Plan is now priced at £15 billion, but only £5 billion of that is in new investment. Labour's former Shadow Energy and Climate Change Secretary Barry Gardiner was not impressed. If you make it so bland that you stand for nothing, then the opposition, the government, will actually write your policies for you and they can paint their own picture. So I think politically it's strategically incompetent. Almost 40 people were killed last weekend following a series of US airstrikes in Iraq and Syria. The US launched strikes on dozens of targets linked to Iran-backed militia in retaliation for a deadly attack on US troops in Jordan at the end of January, which killed three American soldiers. As British forces joined their US allies in launching strikes from warships and fighter jets on Houthi targets in Yemen, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said there's more to come. It began uh, with the strikes on Friday night, but that is not the end of it. We intend to take additional strikes uh, and additional action to continue to send a clear message that the United States will respond when our forces are attacked or our people are killed. Six members of a US-backed Kurdish group were killed on Monday in a drone strike by Iranian-backed militia. The strike hit part of the Al-Omar US airbase in eastern Syria and demonstrated that there was no sign of any easing of tensions in the region. UK Defence Secretary Grant Shapps was in the House of Commons on Monday and took a strong line as he maintained the UK's right to act against Red Sea attacks. Appeasing the Houthis today will not lead to a more stable region. And we're not seeking confrontation. And we urge the Houthis and all those who enable them to stop these illegal and unacceptable attacks. But if necessary, the UK will not hesitate to respond again in self-defence. There was no good news from Gaza either as Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu warned that the war will take several more months. US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was back in Saudi Arabia on Monday as he continued to pursue a peace deal. But Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, Fleur Hassan Nahum, wasn't sounding optimistic about the prospect of a hostage release anytime soon. We know that their uh, condition, physical condition, is deteriorating every single day and uh, we really... We're really very worried about them and we heard yesterday that Hamas has not accepted the deal, unfortunately. So we pray that they will accept the deal quickly and we can get them out very quickly. But by Wednesday, there was some low-key optimism in the international community that there might be a prospect of a long-term ceasefire in Gaza. US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was busy with meetings across the region and Hamas delivered a response to the draft peace proposal, which suggested that all hostages could be released over a 135-day period. In return, they were looking for the release of Palestinian prisoners, including senior militants and a pat to the end of the war. However, if that was a negotiating position, it didn't work, as Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu flashed rejected the proposal and announced Israel's intention to begin operations in Rafah, where the majority of Palestinians are sheltering. I would like to emphasize once again, there is no solution other than a complete and decisive victory, because otherwise it is just a matter of time before the next massacre, and the access of terror from Iran will continue. So only by destroying Hamas will we have security for the state of Israel. 
Still to come on the standout seven, Trump complicates aid for Ukraine and a historic moment for Northern Ireland. Right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back. Politics is always complicated in an election year, but the US has been tying itself in knots as Republicans follow the bidding of Donald Trump to slow down any legislation he sees as helping President Biden. Ukraine has been left waiting for aid and a new bipartisan bill aimed at making major changes to the US immigration policy and resolving an ongoing crisis at the Mexican border was doomed to failure this week. Trump had described the bill as horrendous, although it's the most comprehensive set of reforms proposed in a long time and has seen Biden compromise to help to try and push the bill through. Senate Majority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer says action needs to be taken in Congress. I say to Speaker Johnson, do the right thing. You know what the right thing to do is. You know we need to fix our border. You know that it has to be bipartisan. The bill that you passed didn't get a single Democratic vote in the House or the Senate. How are you going to get anything done? Wednesday evening saw the carefully crafted bipartisan immigration bill finally collapse as it failed to reach a 60-vote majority in the U.S. Senate. Speaker Mike Johnson had made it clear the bill would not be put to a vote in Congress, although his grip on the House after just 100 days looks very shaky. He saw two bills rejected in Congress on Tuesday, one a standalone bill for Israel, the other an attempt to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mercas. Former Democrat Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who never lost a floor vote, says he's not doing it right. I always say to my colleagues, uh, now the Republicans and the leadership, don't bring a bill to the floor unless you know you have the votes. And in order to know you have the votes, you have to have some in your pocket. There were some faint signs of good news for Ukraine on Thursday night as the US Senate voted to start work on a new bill for aid for Ukraine and Israel. The aid could still take a long time and Ukraine is increasingly struggling with shortages of ammunition and the relentless attacks from Russia's numerically superior forces. President Zelensky did finally make a major move, however, putting 10 days of speculation to rest. He has replaced his top commander, Valerai Valosini. He reportedly asked him to resign, but the general refused and so was sacked. He'll be replaced by commander of land forces, Alexander Sariski. I am grateful to General Zaluzny for two years of defence. I appreciate every victory we have achieved together, thanks to all the Ukrainian warriors who are heroically bearing the brunt of this war. It was a massive week for Northern Ireland after a power-sharing government was restored for the first time in two years last weekend. The DUP walked out of Stormont in February 2022 and have been boycotting it ever since in protest against post-Brexit trading agreements in Northern Ireland. But when they signed a new deal with Westminster to reduce checks on goods being transported from the rest of the UK into Northern Ireland, they agreed to re-enter power-sharing. Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill made history by becoming Northern Ireland's first nationalist first minister and said her premiership signals a change in the country. My election to the post of First Minister demonstrates the change that's happening on this island. And that's a good thing. It's a healthy thing because this change, I think, can benefit us all. So when Mary Lou Macdonald talks about that it is within touching distance, I believe that we are in the decade of opportunity. 
The successful restoration of power sharing in Northern Ireland was celebrated on Monday as UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Irish PM Leo Varadkar visited Stormont to meet with the new First Minister Michelle O'Neill and Deputy First Minister Emma Little-Pengley. Both the UK and Irish governments were keen to place an emphasis on returning Northern Ireland to business as usual after two years without effective government. Rishi Sunak warned that this is not the time to be considering broader questions about Northern Ireland's future. Our new deal gives them more funding and more powers than they've ever had so that they can deliver for families and businesses across Northern Ireland. And that's what everyone's priority is now. It's not constitutional change. It's delivering on the day-to-day things that matter to people. The Irish government didn't sound any keener to start conversations about a possible Irish reunification poll or indeed the notion of a united Ireland. Questioned by reporters, Irish Thishuk Leo Varadkar stuck to the script. I think today really is about marking the fact that the Good Friday Agreement which we voted for in big numbers, is now functioning again. Uh, the Assembly is operating. I think today really should be about that rather than, rather than constitutional questions. It was a big week for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Sunday saw Swift taken to the red carpet in LA for the 65th annual Grammys, where along with Miley Cyrus, SZA and Billie Eilish, who all won on the night, Taylor got the award for Best Album. I feel this happy when I finish a song or when I crack the code to a bridge that I love or when I'm shot listing a music video or when I'm rehearsing with my dancers or my band or getting ready to go to Tokyo to play a show. All I want to do is keep doing this. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do what I love so much. Mind blown. Thank you so much. And with the Super Bowl on Sunday, boyfriend and tight end Travis is due to have his moment in the spotlight as his team, Kansas City Chiefs, take on the San Francisco 49ers. But given that it was the week that saw his girlfriend Taylor win another Best Album Grammy and announce her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, which drops in April, there was only one question anyone wanted to ask Travis. Have you heard the new album yet? I have heard some of it, yes, and it is unbelievable. I can't wait for uh, her to shake up the world when it finally drops. She's unbelievable. She's rewriting the history books herself. And Taylor has an unbelievable fan base that, that follows her and supports her throughout her life. It's been fun to kind of gather the Swifties in the Chiefs kingdom. And, uh, I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home some hardware too. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world.